0: Um, But the week before, Pastor started speaking on kingdom money. Um, He was going to take that up last week, and we got hijacked in our service by the Spirit. So this week, we'll be continuing that series. I'm going to take it just a little turn into stewardship, godly stewardship, which is going to lead me into my offering tonight. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a preface of where we're going to head on Sunday. So um, how many heard pastor's message on kingdom money the first week? Okay. I would suggest that a lot of you, if you have not, go back on our live stream archive. It was a wonderful message. It's not easy to talk about money in the church. Let's just be real. If we talk honesty, there's been a lot of abuse of money in the kingdom, unfortunately. Unfortunately, from the church itself. I can assure you that we have to lose that stigma if we are going to accept the fullness of what God has about full stewardship in the Bible. So we're going to touch some touchy subjects and I'm just going to tell you if you've got steel-toed boots, just wear them because I can tell you they're probably going to get stepped on because the first week dad was stepping all over mine about being rich and he told me when he told me Jesus was rich, I about broke. It's true. It's true and some of us just even hate saying the word rich because we think it's filthy what happened to that I think we're being tainted by the world because everything God owns and everything he made in it is good and that means all the money that's in it amen all right so I'm gonna start with the offering message tonight out of Psalms 24 1 Um, pastor had mentioned this uh, the first week he began to teach And it said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Now I'm reminded that if everything is God's and he placed us here, then I am God's. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, he came back to them and said, I give you the whole world. Is that what he said? Did he say... I made all this, and I'm the owner, so I'm going to give it all to you. Nope. He said, I give you power and dominion. I give you authority over all of this. He's the owner. I'm the one he gave authority to run it, to work it. He said, Adam, this is for you to work the land. Work it. What is it? Well, stewardship is a part of management. Bottom line is, Jesus is the boss, God, the big one, the big dog, and you're the manager that he's got. And he gave you all this stuff to deal with, and it's yours to deal with. But the problem is 99.9% of every financial problem that you can find in any one of our lives is based out of not doing what the boss told the manager to do. I'm just being real. Every bit of it. It's a simple act. And I've taught on obedience. I've taught on offerings through obedience. I've taught on tithe through obedience. Some of you may be saying, Nicole, look, I'm new to this whole money thing. I'm horrible with money. I don't even know where to start. Let me tell you, start by doing what the boss says. The boss says that he owns it all, it's all his, and if he owns me, then anything I own is also his. And the only reason I have it is because he gave it. Not because I made it, not because I earned it, but because he allowed me to get it, amen? And so therefore, when he asks me to give him a tenth of what I receive, how could I say no? how could i say no and there's some of you out there saying but i'm a tither so this doesn't attend to me no no it, it does stewardship is all over the bible not just with your finances but your children your marriage the point is will we be found faithful when he returns with what is his amen so tonight if you have an offering envelope or your ties go ahead and get it prepared for the church that's a little bit of a preface of what we're going to teach on sunday now, you know why you need to use your steel-toed boots? That you guys don't think it's funny anymore. Already, I should have told you to bring them tonight. So obedience is a key to the beginning of stewardship, all right? So put your, get your tithes ready. We're going to pray and bring our tithes and offering up. And then we have a guest speaker tonight, Pastor Rick Burks from our Dayton location is going to be sharing the word with us tonight. Amen. It's always exciting to hear what God's doing in our campus pastors. So I'm looking forward to hearing a good word. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, God, Lord, for the opportunity to obey. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be the manager of that which you've given us. And Father, as an act of obedience tonight, we give our first 10th of our, we give 10th, the first of our fruits, Father, to you, the first fruits of what we've made. Father, as a sheer act of obedience to say, Lord, take my finances, take everything about me, Father, everything you own. Father, help me to be the best I can so that when you return, I will be found faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Bring your tithes and offerings unto the Lord. Amen.
1: good evening the only live stream this is rob kennedy here well we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining in and watching and participating with us as we worship the lord uh, we're, we're receiving our tithes and offerings tonight and this is your opportunity to uh, uh to begin to sow your seed and tie tonight and give your offering and if you're believing for god for a miracles in your house there's no better way than to to reach out in faith and sow a seed and, and trust God to meet all your needs and God will go above and beyond to reach you and touch you and bless your life um the church is not about just being spectators but about being participators so we just we, we would love for you to participate with us sow your seed in faith give um and it shall be given back to you press together running run it down and run it over shall God give unto your bosom we love you we want to hear from you amen and God bless God's been good to you. Let's give him a hand praise today. Come on. Is that the best he's been to you? You need to be louder than those soccer fans. Come on. Hallelujah. He deserves it. He deserves it. I'm trying to get into this, but I'm just so caught up in that song. Overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. You, have you? Th- th- does that hit you? I mean, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in the pew crying almost. I'm like, okay, I gotta hold it together, you know. But, but that, that's just the God that we serve. This is not my message. I'm just wanting you to understand that His love for you is overwhelming. It never ends. It's reckless. I mean, it can't even be contained. And this is the love that He has for you. Oh gosh, I could preach that. Maybe I should preach that. Um, I, I'm very transparent. I'm so transparent at times my wife has to reel me in, you know, because I get to telling all the business. Uh, uh, but but, but I, I have a question today. How many of you have something in your life that if you could snap your fingers right now and have that something change, you snap your fingers right now? looks like everybody. Or if not in your life, maybe someone else's life. If you could change something, if there's a mountain, you know, in your life, a mountain in your way or a mountain in a friend or family member's way, if you could just you know, or if you could just speak a word and change that, would you do that today? Okay, I'm in the right place then. I want to talk today about speaking to your mountain. See There's mountains in our lives and in the lives of others around us that really shouldn't be there. They're really just waiting on us to speak a word. I'm going to say that again. There's some things that's in our life right now that all it takes is a word spoken, a word in faith, and that thing would be moved. Let's, just, let's go to some scriptures. If you could put up on the screen, I know these are scriptures you guys all know, but uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Help me, I, I, this, this is just for me. I know you guys know this scripture. Death and life. Look at your neighbor and say, death and life. Yes. Are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Do you understand today that death in life can be manipulated, motivated, created just by the words that come out of your mouth. Ooh, I can go someplace else with this. What's the last word you said to your spouse today? Was it a word of death? Was it a word of life? I know I'm not here to do marriage counseling, but mm, mm. the words that we speak are death and life. So we have mountains that come into our life, whether we created them, whether it was the devil, uh, uh, other people. But there are mountains that come in, and I'm here to tell you some stuff you just got to speak to it. We, I, I come out of a old school Baptist church and we used to sing this song, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Anybody ever heard that song before? That's, you know, and, and, and as I was reading this, I'm going, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Who in their right mind goes up on the rough side of the mountain? I mean, if you got any bit of sense, wouldn't you go up on the easier side of the mountain? But, but, but as I study the word, I'm, I'm discovering, you know what, it's not for me to try to climb my mountains. It's for me to speak to my mountains. Can we get an amen to that? Look, look, some of us, you are trying to do too much. You're trying to take everything by your ability, by your intellect, by your hand, and you're trying to climb up the rough side of this mountain, and you can't understand why you're not enjoying life, why life is difficult for you, why it's hard, because you're not speaking the word of God. That's what we were called to do. Do you understand that there's nothing that you were created to do that God says, I I don't want you including me in that. I'm not sending you out here all by yourself. I'm here. But you know what? We learn a little bit of word, you know, get a little bit of education, you know, move up in life a little bit, and we act like we don't need God anymore. I know that's not this church. I'm just saying that's how some people are, you know. But, but we get a little bit of, you know, just a little bit to be dangerous. And all of a sudden, we're not speaking the word of God anymore. We're going, I can fix that. And you know what God will do? God will say, okay, I'm here when you decide to call on me. And some of us are stubborn, hard-headed. And sometimes we got to go through a lot before we call on God. Okay, I'll give you some more scripture. I'll give you more word. Look at Ephesians If you could put this on the screen, Ephesians 6, 17. I wanna show you, and I know you guys know it, this is just a refresher, you know, but if we could just get in the habit of just knowing who we are and what we're called to do and how we are to handle things. See, I learned a long time ago, I can't change my wife. She reminds me, she taught me that lesson very, I know that better than I know anything else. You know, I cannot change her. But then I learned it's not my job to change her. Ouch. And the Lord, the Lord gave me this one time. He said, um, we got this old, old Jaguar. It's old. It's, it's older than most kids. Uh, but, but he said, do you take that car to the Chevy dealership? And I said, no. And he said, oh, okay. And I literally heard that. Oh, Okay. And then it dawned on me later, well, I would never take a Jaguar to a Chevy dealership because Chevy doesn't make Jaguar. So then the Lord spoke to me, again. you didn't make your wife. So why are you trying to fix her? I'm just telling you how God talks to me. I don't know how he talks to you, but uh, he he just He grabs me by the ear and he just kind of like pastor does a little bit. but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the scripture says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Somebody say sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The way you fight is with the word of God. You use the word to do your fighting. You speak in a way with the word of God that I'm I'm, I'm telling you, the devil cannot stand against you. You use that word in faith and whatever you're speaking to, it will begin to change. The problem is some of us don't speak and some of us, we don't believe. If we don't see it that fast, then we're already on to something else. It's amazing, it's amazing. Nicole, sometimes people come to me and they say, you know, Pastor Rick, I got this issue and this issue and that. And I say, okay, did you pray about it? Uh, Not yet. So what are you revealing? You're revealing that you're in the habit of doing other things first. And until you exhausted all other avenues and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you start to pray. Then you start to use the word. That's not how Christians, that's not who we're called to be. Can I get an amen? Listen, let's, 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 go, to, let's go to some word. I, I can hear you saying I want scripture. Mark 11. If we could turn to Mark 11, we'll start at verse 12. I, I I don't want to do all this talking. I I, I want to give you the word. How many people got mountains they need to be moved? Okay, okay, well, here we go. Mark 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come to Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, and if happened, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14, and Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee thereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now I want to skip down to verse 20. In verse 20, it says, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. Jesus is showing us this is what you do to anything in your life that's unfruitful. I'm going to say that again. Anything in your life that's not producing fruit, this is what you do to it. You curse it. Now, I know I don't need to clarify that. I mean, you know, when I say curse it, I, you know, we're talking about speak against it, you know, not the other stuff, you know. But this is what you do. And so often as believers, we don't speak to a thing. We speak with a thing. I'll take an example. You got a husband and a wife. I don't know why I'm going back to husbands and wife. My marriage is okay, so I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this is coming up. But take a husband and wife that have a disagreement. I mean, what are what are, what are the words that are coming out of our mouths? You know, am I, am I speaking? You, know, my wife and I. I'll give you an example. My wife and I. This was years ago. I don't know uh, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know how many years ago. Life has just been so great with you, you know, I just, I lose track of time. Um, But uh, we were having an argument and it was getting heated. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, what are you doing? And I said, why are you talking to me? Do you hear what she just said? He said, but I'm talking to you. He said, I'm talking to you about the words that you're speaking. He said, you're not speaking against this thing, you're you're adding fuel to the fire. I said, okay. So she said something to me, I don't even remember what it was, and I said, well, you know what? And she said, what? I said, get dressed, get your shoes on, let's go out and catch a movie and and go out to dinner. And she goes, oh, okay, you know. (laughs) And, And she goes to get dressed, we go out to dinner and have a great time, but it was the words that I spoke. Let me tell you something, like kind produces like kind. You were created by the Father. He spoke everything into existence. You need to really put a guard over your mouth today. Some of us, we just say whatever, and we speak as if there's no consequences whatsoever. You know what? You need to learn who you are and whose you are and who made you and what the purpose was behind your creation. You were created to speak things, to create things. And you know what? Today, some of us, I'm telling you, some folks, I'm not talking about anybody in here, but there's some people out there, especially in social media, I wouldn't know they were Christians. Matter of fact, I'm glad it's not up to me to decide, because all of you sinners, you know, I mean, you know, uh, 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 people say things. Not understanding, you know what, do you really realize that, a, that, that speaking is a part of who you are and it's used to fight sin, it's used to fight against the devil, it's used to stop the, the flow of the enemy and it's used to speak life and speak blessings on your family, on your friends, on your job, you know, that's what you were created to do. Can we get an amen? Listen, this is what the Bible says. And Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Oh, Listen, he's, he's showing something here. Have faith in God. And then in verse 23, it says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, somebody say whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have, somebody say whatsoever. He's saying. So whosoever can ask for whatsoever and not doubt, and the Bible says it comes to pass. So now I go back to you, that mountain in your life. That mountain in your family's life. My question is, what are you speaking? You know, are, are, are you speaking anything? What's the commercial? What's in your wallet? What's in your mouth? You know, look, what, what are you speaking? And do you believe what you speak, or is it more of a, a, a just a religious thing? You know, you, you, we got people that come to church, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God bless your brother. You know, God bless your sister. You know, hallelujah. You know, that we, we, we know all the, you know, religious things to do. But my question is, what happens after 12 o'clock? What happens in the car, not even, before you even get out the parking lot? Are you still speaking hallelujah, bless the Lord, amen, hallelujah, shout are you, are we still doing that? Or is it a different language in the car? Not, you don't want to be honest with me. I guess it's just us, you know, my wife and I years ago, uh, whew, See, we have an hour drive here, so there's a lot of conversation that can take place, you know, and and, and in the past, it wasn't always right, but I'm here to tell you that God began to deal with us and say, listen, listen, this thing, this this Christianity, this Christian life, it's not just from 10 to 12 on Sundays and from 7 to, to 8.30 on Wednesdays. No, no, see that's what the world is seeing. There's too many people like that right now. That's why the world is not impressed by the church anymore. You know, Nicole uh, uh, alluded to it earlier, you know, with money, you know. I mean, how many, how many ministries have we heard? Now here's the thing, I know there's more that do right than do wrong. But it just, you know, the ones that do wrong just get on TV all the time, you know. The, so, so, so the world needs to see Some mountain-moving people. Do I have any mountain-moving people in here? The word is saying this. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. You got to believe this. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. It doesn't matter what you need. There's not uh, anything, there's not a continuation of the scripture. He shall have whatever he says as long as he has a spouse that's willing to listen and, and kids that, you know, are doing pretty good in school. It does, it, it, no, there's no limit on this. The Bible is clear. Whatsoever you say, if you believe, then guess what? It's going to happen. And so we need to be a people that start moving, and working, and acting as if that thing has happened already. I keep hearing this thing about couples. Okay, so I'm just gonna go there. So, so, so you gotta, I'm gonna pick on the husbands. So, so you got a husband that's stiff-necked, hard, don't wanna listen. The Bible says, whosoever. Do I have any women that fall into that category, whosoever? Yeah. Can say whatsoever as long as they believe, and guess what? It'll be done. We just need to be that so 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 now so now, ladies, as you speak whatsoever according to the word of God, guess what? Start treating him that way. Uh-oh. Kind of came from the side, you know. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. But but and in the same way with husbands. You need to start, oh God, I thank you that this is the wife of my youth. God, I thank you she's fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I thank you, Lord, that this is the woman that I desire. Lord, I want to live the rest of my life with her. God, I thank you for this awesome gift that you've given me. She's a blessing to me. She's a blessing to the household. God, I thank you. She's just a wonderful woman, mighty woman of God. And then treat her that way. See, what we want to do, we want to speak things, but then we don't want to act as if that thing has now come to pass. We want to wait until we see it first. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no faith in that. There's no faith whatsoever. If you got to wait to see it, I, no, no. if you have to wait to see it, that's not faith. I know, I know, I know, (laughs) that's not faith. But yet the Bible says that the just, we got any of the just in here? Anybody a part of that? Okay, the just shall live by faith. And listen, that's in every aspect of your life. Financially, your marriage, raising your kids, on the job. We just live by faith. You're not just a mighty man or woman of God in the church. You're also a mighty man or woman of God outside the church. You know, we want to put this stuff on and then take it off. No, that's why why it's uncomfortable. That's why it's a struggle. Because the Lord is saying, no, stay here. Stay in this. You know, don't show up with me and then leave and, you know, be something. No, stay with me. The scripture says this, <clears throat> verse 24 of that Mark 11. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Verse 25. Any Law and Order fans? Anybody watch Law and Order? No Law and Order? A couple, yes, okay. You know, in Law and Order, they got the Law and Order twist. You know, the, the show starts out one way and then it just spins into something else. Here comes the spin. The Bible says this in verse 25, and when ye pray, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your, your trespasses. What am I getting at? Yes, this is a faith walk. Yes, we are to speak the word, and we are to stand in belief of it, but you know what? You got to live holy, too. You got to live holy, too. See, what do I look like up here wanting to preach the word, Want to be a blessing, and I'm disrespecting my wife? Guess what's not going to happen in my life? Prayers won't get answered. Prayers just won't get answered. That's how I know Pastor and Pastor Phyllis have a great marriage, because their prayers always get answered. It's real simple. You have to have a holy lifestyle. That's just the bottom line. Let's look, 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 okay, I'll give you scripture. Let's look at 1 Peter 3.12. Why am I bringing this up? Because there's too many people in the church that are a public success, but they're a private failure. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. There's too many people in the church. In public, we look good. In public, we have it going on. But in private, awful. Just a hot mess. Just a hot mess. And it's time that the church looks at itself and does what the Bible says, and do a self-examination. Listen, I don't have time. I don't have time to be in your business or somebody else's business. I got plenty of business of my own that I need to deal with. Can we say amen to that? See, we, we, we real good at critiquing and criticizing and fixing other people's problems, and we a train wreck, you know, just, just every day of our life, just a train wreck. The, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Let me tell you something. If you think that you can speak a thing, and it'll come to pass, and you're not even treating your spouse right, (laughs) you are confused. And the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. If you think you can pray, speak a thing, come up here, lift hands and rejoice, and you can't treat your neighbors with respect, you can't treat your co-workers with respect, let me tell you something, you're missing it. You are totally missing this thing. The Bible requires that we live holy. Look at your neighbor and say, live holy. Now look back at him and say, I do. I do. I hope you didn't lie now. I don't want you lying up in the church. (laughs) Maybe you're speaking those things that are not as if though they were. Okay, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. But but I, I began to look up the word honor and respect. Because this is what we should have for our brothers and sisters. And some of us are good at having honor and respect for our brothers and sisters. It's the person that lives with us. Is my car running? <laughs> In case I need to, you know. Ah, oh, man, I, I got the family. I can't leave, y'all start leaving now, baby. Just start, you know, start packing up now. Um, so I'm looking up the word honor. And, and as, I, as I'm looking it up, it says to regard or to treat someone with respect, to treat them with honor, to give them special recognition. Adorate, uh, to, to admire them, special recognition. You know, you know th- that, that literally means to just, without reason, without any special dates, it doesn't have to be anniversary or, you know, just to make a point to acknowledge them and, and honor them and do something respectful of them just because you, you, you say you honor them. Who's done that lately in their marriage? That don't raise, you know, the, just, Marge, first one. Okay, Marge, we got it, you know. <laughs> but I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, okay, I'm just going to say it. You might be a mighty man of God in the natural, but in the spirit, you might be a first grader. Because, see, I mean, it looks so good up here. I tell you, we we go to different churches, and I'm fortunate enough sometimes to preach at different churches, and I I meet different people. And whenever I meet, you know, that that power couple or that, you know, that mighty man of God and that mighty woman of God, even though I'm being introduced to the man, I look at the woman. You know, when they say, you know, Brother Rick, Pastor Rick, this is Pastor so-and-so, you know, of such-and-such church. And when I go to shake his hand, I look over at the wife, and if I see... Then I already know, okay. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> might not want to connect with this couple right now, you know. <laughs> you know. Look at the wife, hey, put their name under later, you know. <laughs> you might be that awesome man of God, and I'm picking on the men. I'm talking to men today. I'm talking to women too. But you might be that mighty man of God in the natural, but what are you spiritually? See, I had to learn years ago that it's not my job. I don't. God, okay, Holy Spirit, you got me saying this stuff. It's not my. It's not right of me to compare myself to my spouse. It's not right. See, my upbringing, my 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 education, you know, whatever, just may be totally different. So, maybe. And by the way, she has more education than I do. I'm just using this as an example. But, but. I may be looking at myself, comparing myself to her, and feel like I'm doing okay. But see, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to look at ourselves and compare ourselves to the Word of God. Amen. See that that puts everybody on a, on, a, on a level playing field. You know. See, when you start comparing yourself to the Word, then you begin to see you ain't all that. You know, you got a lot of issues, you got a lot of stuff that you need to deal with. See, I used to literally believe years and years ago, I only had about one or two things wrong with me, and you know, I get that under control, I'll be all right. And the Lord was quick to say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, let me show you something. <laughs> Pastor Kylan years ago did this thing called dangerous prayers, God show me me. Boy, when I prayed that, man, I'm still, I still need to talk to you about that message, you know. I asked God, show me me, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he said, you know, you think you're a little selfish. And I said, God, how am I selfish? I give to everybody. He said, yeah, yeah, you're a little selfish, because you think everything is about you. I used to say things, well, why does he treat me this way, and why does he do this, and why does he say this, and why, 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 and he said, why do, you, why do you think everything is about you? What if I showed you the upbringing of your wife, the, the years of your wife that, in which you didn't even know her, show her what she had to deal with, and what kind of caused her to handle things the way she does? He said, you would see that none of it has anything to do with you. He said, but see, when I joined you two together, see, I gave you what you would need to cover her, to fight her battles, to strengthen her. To, he said, but see, you, you're not even looking at all that. All you're looking is, why me, why me, why me? And this is not my message. I'm trying to get back to my message. <laughs> but he began to show me, he said, you're a little selfish. And I'm here to tell you, for him to have me share this must be a few people in here that maybe you need to take a look at yourself. Maybe you need to see, okay, okay, am I even off focus am I even on focus anymore? Am I am I am I am I, I know I, I come to church, but you know what, that could just be people come to church for a, a thousand reasons. You know, people come to church because you know, Mama always made you go to church. People come to church, you know, to to try to get business deals. You know, people come to church to, you know, because they just want to show off how they look, or you know, I don't know. Well, I see that in black churches a lot. Here they want to show off what gun, what gun they bought. If I ever be allowed to preach again? I just want because if not, I might as well just get it all out loud. God never created us to be a public success and a private failure. He created He never created us to be that way. So as we speak the word, we also have to live the word. Let me, let me just show you a couple of scriptures. If we can go up a few verses to 1 Peter 3 and 8. 1 Peter 3 and 8, finally be ye all of one mind. Oh my goodness, I can stop right there. He's talking to the body. So all this division this culture, that culture, this political party, that political party. He said, be ye all of one mind. And now, when you read, as I read this, this is talking about holy living. Listen, I'm not, t- I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for and, you know, you, you can choose whatever you want. That's, that's between you and Jesus. But there is an expectation. You are to be a Christian first before you're anything else. All that other stuff, listen, you know, I remember there was a point in my in our marriage, my wife and I, we had to stop talking politics. It just wasn't good, you know. I mean, that woman is strong. That woman hit me in the arm one day. When well, you do box on the side, I mean, I, I you know, but, it, but, but we, we had to begin to seek peace. We had to begin to seek being one mind. So the Bible says that be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Do you really have compassion for people? I got to go back to that spouse thing. Do you really have compassion for your spouse? Do you allow them to make mistakes and it's okay? Or do you hold their feet to the fire and they have to get everything right all the time? Because if you're that way, you're not having compassion for them. Yeah, but you don't understand. You know, they've done it a thousand times. Well, I'm sure there's a thousand things you've done wrong. So, 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 so do we really have compassion? Or do we just have a form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof? The Bible says, love as brethren, be ye be pitiful. The Bible, this verse, this next verse, this verse 9, not rendering evil for evil. In my past, I'm guilty. In my past. Now, I thank God it's not today. But in my past, I'm guilty. Boy, say something to me that rubs me the wrong way. I got a flurry to come at you. And you know, God is saying, but that's not holy. Holy. So if I'm repaying evil for evil, or if I'm railing against railing, you know, uh, instead of being a blessing, as the verse says, you know what, how can I expect me to be a whosoever and say whatsoever, and it come to pass? See, this is why so many people in the church get frustrated, this is why people think well, you know, with pastor or with brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, you know, they have that connection with God, you know, uh, but I don't. No, you just need to line up with the word. You just need to live holy. Verse 10 says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Anybody want to have good days? Anybody want to enjoy life? Do you speak evil? Are you speaking mean things? Listen, I'm not I'm not picking on anybody. I don't have anybody in mind other than <laughs> how I used to be. <laughs> so, if you feel like, you know, uh, you know, this may apply to you, you need to talk to the Holy Spirit about it. But I'm just sitting here reading the word. You are not, listen, If it, it says that will, for he that will love life and see good days, you have to keep your mouth from speaking evil and that you speak no guile. That's, that, that's, that's the word. So guess what happens when you do speak evil? It doesn't say don't speak evil unless your husband got on your last nerves because you've been telling him time and time again that he needs to do this, that, and the other, and since he hasn't done it, now you can speak evil. Doesn't say that. It's real simple. But see, it takes faith. See, the Bible says this in Hebrews 11.6, it's impossible to please God without faith. And those that believe must believe that he is and a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. Can I let you in on a secret? Somebody say, let me in on it. The devil wants to steal your diligence. Because the Bible says that you must come to him believing that he is and he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. So here's what begins to happen. See, I start off speaking in faith But see, I realize I don't take in consideration there's a fight in front of me. And what that fight does is it tries to throw me off, wear me down, take me off the plot and the plan that God has put me on. See, all I need to do is speak and have faith. But then after some time, I want to put my hands to it and try to fix it myself. Or I want to come up with an alternative solution, not realizing that, you know what, every time I do that, my diligence begins to dwindle because I'm not seeing the reward. And then that's when you hear Christians say things like, he'll never change, she'll never be right, we'll never be out of this situation. See, that's when that starts to happen because the devil understands if I can steal your diligence, if I can steal that fire, if I can steal that momentum, if I can slow you down, you will not receive the reward because you will no longer be walking in faith. You'll be walking in what you think is right. You'll be walking in justification. Everything you do now is justified. I hate him, I hate her. I can't stand him, you know, whatever, you know. And and pastor teaches this all the time. Everything is a seed. And I I, I know something interesting about scenes. I kind of, in my house, we're kind of the opposite. She's kind of like the big screen, TV, gadgets, you know, what most guys would want. And I'm flowers and what color are we going to paint the bathroom? You know, it's kind (laughs) of, it's kind of reversed in our house, you know. Don't tell nobody that, by the way, you know. I got an image to uphold. But uh, I notice things about flowers sometimes. There's been some flowers that I've planted. And, you know, they're supposed to come back every year, you know, or there's been some seeds I put in the ground. And sometimes they didn't come up. But then a couple years later, I said, I go, man, I planted that. You know, RJ was this tall. He's only this tall now, but he was, you know. (laughs) So here's what I've discovered about seeds sometimes. If you're not careful and you're sowing seeds of sin, seeds of discord, They may not come up right away, but a couple years from now, you're sitting here wondering, why am I dealing with this? Yeah, if you look back some years ago, you planted some seeds. The Bible says in verse 11 that we are to shun or or shew evil and do good and let him. Seek peace and keep it, maintain it. Your job in living holy is to always seek peace. You really want me to say that? If I honestly think I'm going to allow chaos in my home, be a part of it, not speak against it, and think that later on that night, the wife and I can be fruitful. <laughs> I'm really missing the, <laughs> I'm really missing this. It's amazing how I have over the, in the past, I've tried to get the end result, but not do the work that is required to get there. I'm going to talk to Nicole, Nicole's my sister, I know. I can talk to my sister, it's all right. (laughs) It's like we want to create a spiritual welfare. See, I want the benefits, but I don't want to do any work. Matter of fact, I want to create a spiritual welfare where I can abuse the system. I'm not speaking down on welfare, but I'm speaking to a mentality that wants to abuse the system. See, I want all the benefits, but I don't want to do nothing for it. How many people know God didn't create us to be spiritually on welfare? Amen. Now, that's not a knock against anybody. You know, if I, you know. I thank God. We in Chicago, we grew up on a, we grew up in a rough side. We we. We needed that, that so you might not know, but we used to get government cheese, we used to get a block of cheese, you know. It came in a box, it looked like, it almost looked like it was like a, a rifle, you know? And, <laughs> you know. It was just a long square box, you know. But I'm talking about a mentality where you know what, you want all the benefits, but you don't want to live right. You don't want to live holy. You don't want to examine yourself. You don't want to see if you line up with the word. You don't want to pray and ask God to put a guard over your mouth, a guard over your mind. You know, you, you just want to let your mind just think anything, any old thought that flies into your head, it comes right out of your mouth and you're okay with it. You can't say you're sorry. You can't apologize. You can't esteem somebody above yourself, even though the Bible says that that's what we're supposed to do. You can't do it. You don't want to do that but yet you want all the benefits. That dog ain't going to hunt. That's just not going to work. The Bible says, and then we come back to verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. What's evil? A bad attitude is evil not treating people with honor and respect. That's evil. That's, uh, this is what the, speaking evil. Now, here's the crazy part. If the two have become one and I speak evil against her, I'm also speaking evil against myself. And I'm sitting here wondering why life is hard. It's amazing. Anything's going good. I'm talking about how to move mountains. And here's the thing. If you can't handle the hills in your life, how can you speak to a mountain in someone else's? See, pastor always teaches about if if you just use faith for yourself, you're just just barely scratching the surface. So I'm to have faith for others. But if I don't want to deal with the mountains and and, and issues in my life, what good am I going to be to someone else? My goodness, is somebody suffering because I don't want to live holy? Is there a neighbor Is there a friend and a family member that if I would just line up with the word, be holy, and speak the word, their life would change and they could come to Christ? But I'm too busy trying to have my own way. I'm too busy, you know, if it's not the way I want it, it's a problem. Well, let me tell you something. That's not in the word of God. So now, I'm going to close this up, because if I say some more stuff, I don't know. (laughs) So we know salvation is probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest covenant in the Bible, maybe. I would say marriage is probably right under that, somewhere, somewhere close to it. So now, I take one of the strongest covenants being marriage, strongest covenants in the Bible, and I turn it into one of the most least effective. Because I don't want to live holy. I don't want to line up with the word. And now this whole thing, we quote the scripture, one takes a thousand to flight and two takes 10. Well, it ain't taking 10 if you're not living right. You ain't chasing no devils nowhere devil come out. He's going, yeah, we'll come out because we'll be at your house later on today. You ain't ain't living right. You don't treat your wife right. You don't treat your husband right. Everything in your house is conditional. We love coming to your house. We feel at home in your house. So if you tell us to come out, yeah, we'll come out and we'll head right over to your house because we know we always got an open invitation there. Listen, you guys got a 2 for Who likes deals? Anybody like deals? You got a two-for-one. That was like two or three messages all combined in one. So I don't know if God just wanted to give you a great deal or if it takes two of my messages to equal one of pastor's messages. I don't, I don't know. But I'm here to tell you, if you decide today can be a game changer. There's always that moment, you know, God is so faithful. There's always a moment just waiting for you to take advantage of where today can be a game changer. Listen, I don't know how your marriage has been, how your relationship uh, with coworkers and friends have been, but I'm here to tell you today, today you can wipe that slate clean You can start speaking the word and believe it, and things will happen. I'm just telling you, you could do that today. So, I'm going to ask this question Is there anyone today? And I love what the Lord did Sunday. That was right on time. So, I just want to ask Is there anyone today? You know what? Maybe there's still a couple things you need to repent for, ask God to forgive you for, so we can start speaking to mountains and those mountains be removed. Listen, how many people are ready to be mountain movers? I'm serious, I'm serious. How many of you are really ready to move some mountains? Come up to the altar, if that's you. If that's you, if you want to be a mountain mover, come up to the altar. If you got some things that you know what, yeah, I have not been living holy in some areas, come up to the altar, if that's you. And here's what we're gonna do, we're just gonna pray. Because see, somebody, somebody needs you to be that man or woman of faith and power. Pastor Phil always calls me that. God's man of faith and power and there were days I'm going I don't know who you talking to (laughs) because that's not me today but he reminds me yes that is you today it's you every day if you're choosing to walk in it listen I want to pray a prayer the Bible says the Bible says that I can decree and declare a thing and it'll come to pass that's what the Bible says now you that are up here Today's your day. Today's the day to say, you know what, not anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of seeing other people blessed, but not me. I'm sick and tired of seeing other people speak a thing and it come to pass, but not me. I have some mountains in my life that, you know what, it is time for those mountains to go. I want you that are here just repeat this prayer. Say, Father, I ask for forgiveness for every act of disobedience. I will live according to your word. I'm no longer afraid to examine myself. I will compare myself to the scriptures. And I make a declaration today to live holy, to live righteous, to be a person of faith. Today, I am the person that will remove mountains out of my life, out of my family's life, out of my community's life, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I join my faith with everyone here right now. And God, I just speak right now. Chains broken are for of every person in here. Chains of unforgiveness, chains of resentment, chains of bitterness, everything that would hinder the flow and power of the Holy Spirit. I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus, breakthrough and change on everyone in this building right now. Father, today we are mountain. Moving people, Father. We will not take a backseat to the devil. We will not take a backseat to sin. Father, we will live holy. We will stand on your word and know that it will come to pass. Now, I decree and declare this over everyone's life here, Father, right now. And God, I thank you in advance for the testimonies that will come. God, I thank you that these people, Father, will move in faith, will speak your word. Will stand strong for you and they shall see the word of God come to pass. And God, we thank you for it. Now, if you believe and receive that and you know that is you today, give the Lord a sound of praise in this building right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Well, hopefully, Pastor will let me come back and preach one day. Let me tell you something. You mark it down. You mark today down. This is not anything hocus pocus or anything. That's not what this is. This is faith. I don't care what was going on before you came up here. You need to walk away knowing it's different now. Look at your neighbor and say, it's different now. Don't let go of that, no matter what you see, because we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And he rewards those that walk in faith. So just know that's who you are today. i to pray a prayer and dismiss. Make sure you are here Sunday to hear this awesome message about money. Don't bring any steel-toed boots. Come barefoot. Take the pain. Father, I thank you for this congregation, God. I thank you for what you've done today, Lord. I thank you for this word. And I thank you that this word fell on the ground, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you are a life-changing God. And I thank you, Father. There are personal situations, Father, that have just just changed right now because of the power of your word god i thank you there are families that are restored there's peace in the household i thank you there are children father that are going to have better relationships with their parents lord because of your word god we
0: honor you today we bless your name in jesus name we pray